Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadrasad and with me is the one and only Benjamin Hunting. Say greetings to all of the listeners on this very special occasion, Ben. Greetings, bonus listeners. Bonus listeners is such an interesting thing to say. Uh, we're coming at you because we have some very important information about a brand new car that we talked about in the last podcast. So, Ben, why don't you hit them with it? So, we uh, talked about the 2019 Hyundai Veloster Turbo. Now, this is a vehicle that I drove last week, but I could not talk about until now. There was a publication ban to give everyone a fair chance to get their information straight and ready to go. But it is time to spill the beans, and honestly, I'm pretty excited about this car. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar, the Veloster, I believe, appeared in 2012, and it caused a bit of a commotion when it did because the Hyundai Veloster is a little weird-looking, especially when it first came out because it had, what, how many doors did it have, Sammy? It had three doors but which like means there was yeah this is so cool i love this car. so it's not it's not three doors like two doors and then a hatch right it's it is like three doors like hey why is there an extra door there <laughs> um i love it because on one side of the car it looks like a coupe and on the other side of the car it looks like a sedan or a hatch or regular hatchback a family hatchback yeah so it's they, they, such a unique concept and it really works i think it catches a lot of people's attention it and was, it looks good too it does and that that second door on the passenger side it's they hide the handle up in the the, the pillar at the back so it's not super mm-hmm. obvious but the doors are shorter than what you'll see on the driver's side and when, when when hyundai did this for the first time it made a lot of sense because look hyundai hadn't had a great reputation for building exciting compact hatchbacks they built reliable compact hatchbacks that were kind of boring to drive and they needed to attract attention to the Veloster. They needed people to be like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so the three door was a ser- it was not only was it a great way to snag eyeballs, but it was practical because you can easily get into the rear seat. If you're the driver, you don't have to push your seat back and, you know, fiddle with mm-hmm. that. And that's annoying. And no one likes to do that. It's, it's just so much easier to get into. So flash forward to 2019 which is next year, but we're going to ignore chronology. Just pretend you're... Flash forward to next year. Pretend you're in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek universe where chronology no longer matters, and we're talking about the Veloster instead of Captain Kirk. So the things are different. Um, The world's gone crazy for crossovers, right, Sammy? That's right. Everyone wants a crossover. Sammy wants a crossover. Sammy's probably trading his BRZ for a CHR. I love that you will never call my car an FRS. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you call it a BRZ. And moving on, um, that that changed things for Hyundai. And what, but what more specifically, what changed things for Hyundai was they introduced a tiny little subcompact of their own called the Kona. And the Kona is a subcompact crossover that gives them the ability to tap into people who want a small car that's also useful. And it freed them up to do more things with the Veloster. Because before the Veloster was that car, it was like... This is small, it's practical, and it looks kind of like a tall roof hatchback. But now they're like, you know what? It can be way sportier because if the, the practical crowd that only cares about practicality will just buy a Kona, we can sell the Veloster to enthusiasts. And that's influenced... I never had this um, perspective. I always thought that it was, a, it was a different way to sell subcompact cars, which were very hot at the time that the Veloster showed up. I think the Accent was a pretty decent car, but I think if you wanted something really special, the Veloster was that car. Well, so I, it's interesting your perspective on, it's, it's, on how it's fitting in now. It's not, it's not so much my perspective. This is something that I, I picked up when talking to the product planner for the Veloster, and he was telling 
telling me that they just they kind of felt like their hands were tied a little bit because the Velocer had to serve two masters. It had to bridge these two markets. But since the Kone exists, that freedom has reappeared. And you'll notice there's a bunch of things about the Veloster that exist because of this newfound freedom. First of all, the, the shape of the car is much sportier. It, it's actually not any lower than it was before. It's a little bit longer and a little bit wider, I believe. But it visually, it looks much more muscular. It's a more mm -hmm. aggressive, the, the roof has a more aggressive taper, even though it has more headroom in the back by a small amount. Again, you were talking about millimeters on the last podcast for the A6. Similar mm -hmm. thing for the Veloster. Um, and it's, it's just a more exciting car to look at. At the same time, it gives you almost 20 cubic feet of cargo with the rear seats up, beating such past luminaries on the uh, Unnamed Automotive Podcast as the Alfa Romeo Stelvio, <laughs> which doesn't offer you that much room in the back, and even the Jeep Renegade, which is a similarly sized, actually bigger uh, off-roader. Yeah. That, even the that, mini clubman jeez yeah so this which thing, i thought was super practical <laughs> so this thing is useful it's 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 sexy looking and it's useful but mm -hmm. even moving beyond the looks they were able to um add a, a level of driving engagement that just wasn't available on the past veloster and this is where i'm going to throw a little shade okay. on the veloster sammy what was your impression of the past turbo like was it a fun car to push hard Mm, no, there was a couple of things that were really limiting it to to be really enjoyable on the road. It had a pretty good powertrain. I thought the 1.6 liter turbo was fun, but the transmission didn't feel right until you got that rally edition version of the car, which had a different, uh, some, I think, different bushings than the traditional uh, Veloster turbo. And probably the tougher parts about the car, the steering was in, just felt really unnatural. It had a dead zone right in the middle. And the rear suspension, which was a torsion or torsion beam suspension, uh, and it was semi-independent rear suspension. And it needed to be something a little bit more um, independent in order for it to be really sporty. I, I agree with all of those things. And and uh, the, the other issue for me with the turbo, the 1.6 turbo at the time was if you push the engine hard, if you revved it hard and tried to keep up with the transmission, the six-speed manual, it was not a happy camper. Uh, yeah, yeah. It pulled, Absolutely, I agree with you. It, it felt like it, you had a lot of rev hang. It felt like there were delays when you got back on the throttle trying to keep those those revs up. And um, some of that, according to Hyundai, had to do with protecting the internals on the older transmission just to keep it from getting exposed to too much torque at any given time. But I'm really happy to say that absolutely everything Sammy just mentioned about what he didn't like about the old Veloster and everything I mentioned about the old Veloster has been wiped away. They have wiped away completely. There is a new multi-leak suspension at the Ooh. back of this car. And if you think about it, I mean, platform wise, this is very, very similar to the Elantra GT Sport, which is the the i30 in Europe. It's another hatchback from Hyundai. They rally racing in an i30, don't they? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so you know, it's it's interesting that that Hyundai is a company that is putting out these two hatchbacks that are fun to drive, yet have very different personalities visually. And um, instead of having the 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 kind of upright roofline of the the Elantra, the Elantra GT, you have this sleek, sloop, swooping car that rides on a similar fun-to-drive platform. Uh, again, the engine, the turbo version, it's still a 1.6. It's still putting out 195 pound-feet of torque. And how much horsepower, Sammy? Is it 201? In the new tur in the turbo, it's 201. Yeah. 201. So that's the same as the year before. But mm -hmm. you got an overboost function this year, which gives you another Ooh. 7 pound-feet of torque at full throttle. And the shifter... 
and transmission and drivetrain working together are actually working towards a common cause. There's no longer this feeling like you're fighting either the engine or the, the six speed. It's all unified and it feels great. There is still a little bit of, of rev hang okay, and still a tiny amount of hesitation at times. But if you push the car, it's fun to push and it's relatively quick. Uh, the, the car is also quiet inside in a way I didn't expect it to. Um, it's, it's like they really took the platform seriously. And I think a lot of that has to do with the focus on sporty driving. It's really interesting for them to take this car and do what they did with it. Because like I said, I thought it was honestly, I thought it was a cheap car that was trying to be cheerful um, in a time when people just thought cheap cars were cheap cars. Yeah. And now it looks like they've made something that's not not only like small and compact, but really serious and fun to drive. And, and, and they're well equipped. I'm looking at the features list on this car. It, oh, yeah. Does it end? Jesus. So yeah, let's talk about that equipment for a bit. I mean, if you the so the base version with the turbo, I believe the base version with the turbo is the R spec car. That's that's manual only, and it comes with Michelin Pilot Sport four tires, which is really crazy for a compact hatchback. <laughs> that's those a are bit some, excessive, right? Those are some serious. That's serious rubber to have under any car. Um, it also, uh, Sammy, if you want to help me out here, it, it comes with you get you get a seven inch. Uh, touchscreen, you get LED lighting, you get cruise control, Bluetooth, yeah. all that good stuff, and um, it, it, that comes standard. But if you want to, if you want to get, you know, a little, a little more for your money, they have the ultimate version of the car too, which comes with a head-up display, a bigger eight-inch screen, leather seats. That actually, it's cool. They have a, uh, you can get these yellow and red piping and striping inside the vehicle, Ooh. so that you, you feel. Kind of, it's 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 just small touches that you wouldn't expect. Again, like you were saying, in a mm-hmm. car like the Veloster, but it makes you feel like this is something a little more special than your standard hatchback. And you this can get is a continuation of of the last generation Veloster. The Veloster had a very unique interior design where everything kind of uh, it's it started from the ignition switch, which was centrally mount like centrally located on the dash, and everything uh, went upwards from that like a V, which I thought was really cool. Now I'm I'm sad to see that not continue in this car but what they have in the interior design department is 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 just as um striking i think they did a really good job here and and there's a ton of safety gear too if you get the automatic transmission you get a whole bunch of stuff forward collision avoidance lane keep assist blind spot rear traffic high beam assistant it has a driver attention warning which will probably be all over my case at all times (laughs) um but the 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 man the automatic transmission is a seven speed dct it's, in the it's, turbo, yeah. Yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, it sounds a little more vacuumish under the hood because it holds the gears longer than maybe you would on certain inclines, declines, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Hyundai is also introducing – they have enhanced engine sound. So like everyone else, if you mm-hmm. want to pretend that you're driving a car with a super loud exhaust, you can just dial it in on the infotainment screen. You can turn it off completely which is cool, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it was still, uh, I still got some oral pleasure from the, the sound. Uh, of the, what did you get? I It uh, sounded I great to my... I don't even want you to repeat that. It sounded great to my ears. And... Uh, <laughs> and um, it, okay, so the real question, why did they do that, though? That's so funny, because the Elantra Sport has one of the best sounding exhausts from a from a compact... Uh, well, compact. the Elantra Sport does, but the Elantra GT Sport doesn't. Like the sedan version sounds, so sounds great. Yeah. The hatch sounds pretty normal. So yeah. this is the same platform as the hatch. Take that up with Hyundai. 
I don't know why that's like that. Um, I want to add one more thing that I really appreciate about this car. The wheels on the turbos are so cool. The ones with, like, the Razor Ninja thing they've got going on? Yeah, and they, but what I find even more attractive is they've got, like, the Hyundai badge is outlined with a really nice, bold, red coloring. And it looks like almost like a racing, like, single uh, single nut racing wheel in a, in a way and when it's in motion. It looks super badass. Yeah, it's – it's this is a – they put a lot of effort into this car. And they didn't have to because, you know what? Everyone is abandoning this segment. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've talked about this in the past, but we're going to talk about it again. Ford is gone. So the Fiesta ST in 2020 will be fully fully left the the all cars. All right, yeah. 2020. But the Fiesta ST, Focus ST. I mean, Fiesta ST is already gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not getting the next generation. The Focus ST, Dead Man Walking, Focus mm-hmm. RS production ended in April. So th- those are all off the table. Um, Chevrolet stopped making the Sonic, which means no Sonic RS. Granted, there wasn't a lot of power from that car, but it was fun to drive, and it was, was a, a solid platform. Yeah, yeah it really was. Uh, so what does that really leave us? If you're looking for a hatchback that's, you know, not going to put you to sleep, you got the GTI. Mm-hmm. And what else? The, the, the Elantra GT Sport, in-house competitor. And the other in-house competitor, the Kia Rio 5SX, Sammy? Uh, yeah, I was thinking the, the Forte, sorry, the Forte 5SX. Forte 5, yes, sorry. Uh, I was thinking, uh, this is a this is a weird one to, to, to bring up, but the Cooper, uh, maybe the Cooper S or Cooper JCW. So what's the pricing? Be, li- what's the pricing like those, on a JCW? Those can, those can be very expensive. Because that's the other thing about the the Velocity Turbo R spec, the one you want, in my opinion. Uh, although the the, the, the ultimate the, the base R spec Turbo twenty two nine. That's a bit of a mic drop for oh, a, a turbocharged drive. One of these. And uh, in and here's something else I want to bring up that is unusual for any vehicle in this segment. But you can get the manual transmission on the ultimate package too. In the fact, fully, the fully trim level. The full the fully full trim level. The only thing you'll lose is some of the safety features that rely on that uh, thing. And um, here's here's what's kind of weird. You can't get the Pilot Sport tires unless you buy the the manual. So on the Ultimate, you can get them with the manual, but on the Automatic, you can't. But there's there's manual transmissions available across the board. There's a there's an entry-level version of the car, the Veloster 2.0. It's getting mm-hmm. it, it – you, you'll remember that last year it was a 1.6, just a, a mm-hmm. normally naturally aspirated 1.6. And I think that that uh, put out 130-something horsepower. Yeah. This year, it's around 145, if I remember correctly. Okay. And uh, it's a two-liter four-cylinder, and that starts at 18.5. So I did not get a chance to drive that. They were not available. Um, you can get a six-speed manual or a six-speed automatic with that. But the turbo is a screaming deal. And this is uh, – Hyundai is just hitting so many home runs with Genesis and, you know, its, oh, small, it's yeah, small sporty cars right now. Uh, you can tell that they really care about going for the jugular, and they're spending money. And they're they're the fact that they're spending money sends a message. They're saying we're not afraid to take chances in these different segments. We're not afraid to try and poach buyers in a segment that maybe doesn't see a ton of sales in the U.S., but is still important in terms of prestige. And um, you, you, another thing to point out, you can't get a Honda Civic Si hatchback. You just no. can't. You get you get that 1.5 liter hatchback sport, which is yeah, just which, not the same. No, so it's 
they're really this is a shot across the bow of the establishment. Toyota has nothing. I love it. I think to- it's great. I think Toyota really... can't match this. Uh, no, the only people Toyota who can... is super safe with many of their offerings. Well, the, the, the new Camry, I mean, the new Corolla hatch looks pretty sharp. It's just not a sporty car, is no, it? No, it really, Volkswagen's the only company out there that can match and probably exceed the Veloster. I mean, the, the GTI is a more well-rounded vehicle. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little smoother to drive, but the, the Veloster is right there with it. So I don't think it's a stretch to put those two vehicles in the same sentence or to compare them. If you're in the market, you owe it to yourself to drive an R-Spec with the manual transmission. Well, before we close up this um, bonus episode, I wanted to add a few more a few more points. The two-liter turbo in the one—I'm sorry—the two-liter naturally aspirated engine and the 1.6-liter turbo, despite they have a despite having a pretty big difference in terms of power. Yeah, they like have what, almost, 80, horse, 80 horsepower difference, I think. Uh, no, it's a little less than that. Maybe about 50, maybe 60 horsepower. Okay. Um, it's there's no like penalty at the pump. No, it's actually better in the yeah. in the turbo. Why is the turbo? It's like so one mile per gallon better for the manual, I think, and identical and the for the same, automatic. Yeah. 30 miles per gallon uh, pretty much combined. <laughs> and then there's something – then there's the really big uh, elephant in the room. There's a Veloster N coming, which is Ooh. going to be something completely bonkers and off that's gonna And be, I can't wait to learn more about this. And that's, that's going to be up against the Type R. That's going to be up against the Golf R. And it would be up against the Focus RS if Ford hadn't decided to take their marbles and go home. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you're right. This shows a very clear message from Hyundai. We are delivering cars that you want, even if they're not what everyone wants, which is that's a, re- that's a really great way of putting it. Um, and it seems like they're really broadening their lineup and in, in bolstering it in ways that I just did not anticipate in the in in the past. I thought they would just offer you the the usual lineup of vehicles, and now they're showing that even quirky cars like the Veloster have a place yeah. and shouldn't be forgotten. Well, we've got fun sport versions of every single compact car they make now. Elantra, Elantra GT, and Veloster. Uh, it, it makes me wonder, are we going to see a Kona uh, R-Spec? I mean, wh- <laughs> where does it end? It's, it's really uh, an, an interesting time to be a product planner at Hyundai, I think. Absolutely. Um, if you want to tell us what kind of Hyundais you want to see, get the uh, get the same detail and care that the Veloster got, why don't you tweet either myself or Ben. You can find me at Sammy underscore huh, and you can find Ben at Hunting Benjamin. Or you can uh, always email me the old school way, Benjamin at BenjaminHunting.com, or send smoke signals or message in a bottle, or maybe use the new CRISPR DNA editing program to somehow edit your DNA to communicate with my DNA in ways that we haven't even considered yet. Or maybe even just a carrier pigeon. They're, um, I, don't, I think they're all gone, Sammy. I think carrier pigeons are extinct. And honestly, I don't appreciate you bringing up that terrible, terrible memory of a of an era I'd rather forget in pigeon world. Maybe in your market, in your region, the carrier pigeon is not there. But I think that we've still got a couple of carrier pigeons left. Um, you can also find us at our website. Um, that's unnamedautomotivepodcast.com. You can also find us on our Facebook page. Just search for Unnamed Automotive Podcast and you will find us. I promise. Um, but when you get to that website, unnamedautomotivepodcast.com, you will find links to all of our last episodes as well as buttons to allow you to subscribe to all of our upcoming podcasts. You can do that through Google Play Music, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, even some other ones that I don't even understand or have never used before, like CastBox. And by Apple Music, he means iTunes. Whatever. They're both the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you soon.